you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 11. We're going through the book of Mark pretty fast here, and uh, verse by verse, sure is a blessing to have the Word of God to preach and not worry about trying to find a sermon or try to find a topic, as some preachers have to battle it all week trying to figure out where they're going. Well, I know where I'm going, straight through the Word, amen? Let the Word preach, amen? We, uh, we need more of the Word of God and less of the Word of man, and uh, I believe it'll change your life. We come to a very interesting passage in Mark chapter 11, verse 15 through 18. We saw last Sunday that he cursed the fig tree on uh, Sunday, and he, and he went to the, or excuse me, on Monday morning, and this is probably Monday afternoon, he goes into the temple. He went into the temple on Sunday and looked around. Now folks, the temple, you need to understand the temple uh, was uh, on top of Mount Zion. It was an area of 35 acres. That's, that's what the temple consists of. The outer wall of the temple grounds were between 1,000 and 1,300 feet in length. And when a person entered the temple grounds, they came into the court of the Gentiles. This area was open to all people who wanted to worship God. The Jews and Gentiles alike were allowed to enter into this area and pray and meditate. And I believe the Lord showed up on that Monday. He proclaimed Himself as King on Sunday, but now He's demonstrating it. He's cleaning house. He's cleaning the temple. Let me say this, friend. God owns your temple. He is the Lord. Amen. And He is King of kings and Lord of lords. And I'll tell you what, that song could not have been more appropriate. We ought to stand in awe when we come in this place. We ought to stand in awe every day we get up and see a beautiful sunrise or sunset. We ought to stand in awe that we can see and think and have a thought. We ought to stand in awe that we ought to smile and somebody ought to ask us, what you up to? You know, if you just smile on purpose, somebody say, what in the world's going on with him? Talking about a funny joke, thinking about a funny story? No, we're just thinking about how good it is to be saved, amen? And so we see this uh, top of the Mount Zion, 35 acres, uh, called the temple. And we move a little further into the temple grounds and you'll see a a low wall, and between that wall and is the court of women. And on this wall were signs that warned Gentiles to stay out of the courtyard. Only Jewish men and women could enter there. And beyond that point is the court of the Israelites. That's Jewish women could enter that court only now if they were bringing a sacrifice to give the priest. Now Jewish men, they were allowed to go any time. And beyond that court of the priests... Uh, this was where the priests would work and minister and sacrifice. And beyond this court of priests was the temple itself, the holy place, the holies of holies. So all the events that I'm about to read about took place in the court of the Gentiles. That's like the courtyard of the temple. And folks, the population of Jerusalem is about 80,000 people. But at this time on the Passover, probably over 2 million people we're coming in and through this place to sacrifice animals, and these animals had to meet certain standards. And uh, this is where the corrupt priests came in, because they had something going with some money changers and some uh, um, uh, merchandisers in the courthouse, the courtyard of the temple. And they got a cutback. Isn't that wicked? They, were, they turned the house of God in, uh, that was supposed to be for worship into merchandise, and uh, that's not, not, not be. And uh, these animals were sold in the temple because they'd been approved by the priests. 
And so he marked them down, folks. And listen, it was highly inflated. You could buy a turtle dove for a dollar. But inside the courtyard, it was $25. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. Then they had a tax. Everybody had to pay a tax. And folks, it had to be with the, the right kind of currency. And so the money changers spent uh, charged between 10 and 12% uh, exchange rate. You know what it was? It was just a big ripoff. And folks, that's not the whole point of the thing. The whole point of the thing is they did not come to the house of God for the right purpose. They were mixing the world with the spirit to world. And folks, they became a dispute. And I want to say something, folks. On Monday, he, uh, Sunday, he rode in on a donkey and he proclaimed himself as a king and they sang, Hosanna, he's the king. But on Monday, he demonstrated it. Let's stand, read this passage, verse 15 and following. And they came to Jerusalem and Jesus went to the temple and began to cast them out. How about that? that the, and, and cast them out that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. and would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. By the way, it was also a shortcut to Mount Olive. And they used that temple as a shortcut. They walked through the courtyard. And he taught saying unto them, It is not written, My, I want you to underline that word, My house shall be called of all nations, the house of prayers, the house of prayer. But ye have made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and the chief priests heard it and saw how they might destroy him, for they feared him, because all the people was astonished at his doctrine. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you, dear God, for you and your authority over our lives. God, we know without a doubt that you are King of kings and Lord of lords, and you have rights for our whole life, our whole days. And God, when we come in this place, we don't want to make it a place of merchandise. We don't want to make it a place where the world comes in and entertains. But God, we want to be a house of worship and a house of prayer because you're worthy. We stand in awe. And Lord, we don't want to lose the wonder of it all. So Lord, help us as we rightly divide this passage and God help us as we see why you purified the temple. And We'll praise you for purifying our temple today. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, when the temple was first built, according to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, y'all know verse 14 very well. But verse 1 through 3, when the temple was built and dedicated by Solomon, there's a great prayer in verse chapter 6 of 2 Chronicles. It says, Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven, consumed the burnt offerings and sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the house. That's the temple. And the priests could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the house, the Lord's house, the Lord's house. And listen to this, And whom all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord came uh, upon it, upon the house, and they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground. Get that picture. Upon the pavement, and worshipped, and praised the Lord, saying, For He is good, 
for His mercy endureth forever. When's the last time you came to the altar? Put your face in this carpet. Worship the Lord and gave yourself more to Him. Going down to verse 14, 2 Chronicles 7, 15. Now my eyes shall be open and my ears attend to the prayers that are made in this place. Now have I chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and my eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. You know what God said? God said this place is for my glory. Amen. You know what the Lord said about the house of God and the meeting place for God? He's this place where we offer prayers. And anybody from any nations welcome to come and offer prayers. Say amen. That was the court of the Gentiles. Amen. Then he said this. He said, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves. Thank God for humility. Well, we've got a lot of celebrities in the pulpit. We've got a lot of praise teams in the, on the platform. I want to tell you something, folks. This is an altar. And this is his book. And we ought to preach his word. And his word ought to be the preeminent part of every service. Amen. We're not here to have dramas. We're not here to entertain. We're not here to make you more, feel better about yourself. We're not here to improve somebody's self-image. We're here to prove God's image. He is God. He is Lord. And He is to be adored and He is to be reverenced above all gods. So when we come in the house of God, there shouldn't be a time that we're trying to get ahead in our business. That we're not trying to set up a little time of uh, getting to know each other. It's just fellowship. I love fellowship. I even love eating. You can tell that. Trying to eat less. But the temple had ceased to be about God. That was the problem. Some people use this out of context. Says singers can never sing their, sell their tapes in the hallway. That's absurd. That's not what this is talking about. Uh, sell your tapes in the hallway, amen? Just don't come to sell your tapes. Come to sing for the Lord, say amen. <laughs> oh boy, don't get me started on all these other things. Amen? We don't have yard sales and flea markets to try to raise money for the church. We do it on tithes and offerings. Now, we allow the ladies once in a while to have their little flea market outside or their little thing, but that's their money. Amen? They can do what they want to. They better tithe, I'll tell you that. They use God's payment, they better tithe. But I want to tell you something. We don't, we don't have fundraisers around here for the church in general. It's tithes and offerings. Amen? And thank God we're debt-free. Say amen again on that. Hallelujah. We just remodeled this place. We're debt-free. Hallelujah. Woo, I love it. But anyway, uh, folks, it had become man-centered and not God-centered. And the Lord shows up on Monday. He sees that uh, this house has become de devoted to meeting the needs of men. And this angered Jesus. This is the second time he's cleansed the temple. This is the day, this is the week that he goes to Calvary. And so he's making a statement. You crowned me yesterday as Lord, well, I'm Lord, and I'm going to straighten some things out. Amen. Amen. I love that about our God, don't you? He's not some wimpy God. Thank God He's not some effeminate. He's not some wimpy little old sissy God. I'm going to tell you something, friend. He ran these, all these people out single-handed. Amen. I was thinking about turning this Lord's Supper table upside down, just as an illustration. I said, that boss is too nice. Base, whatever it is. I was just going to throw it up against the wall. I, I have these dreams sometimes about what I'm going to do. That'd probably be showmanship. 
But if, I, if it wakes some of you up, I'd do it. Folks, it, listen, it's called the house of prayer among all nations. Verse 17, look at it. Now only that place is where the Gentiles could approach God, but it became a market place. Desecration, profanity, greed, and fraud was in the house of God. And the high priest was in on it. He was a hiding in the den of thieves. Under religion, God help us. Clef old dollar the other day, uh, other month, other year, whatever it was, came on things that I can't fly commercial anymore. Uh, I've got to um, uh, raise money, $64 million for my personal jet. Probably raised it with that bunch of group of people that was so duped to go hear him. The other day, according to Stephen Davies on Wisdom for the Heart, said that he proclaimed that he was God and that every one of his followers could be a God. Now, folks, last time I checked, God don't need no jet plane. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Come on now. And, uh, uh, you know, but I'm going to tell you what's sad. People follow that junk. Oh, I don't like that. I like his program. You need to change channels. So the highly inflated charge, the dove on the street was a dollar. The dove in the, temp, in the temple uh, uh, court was 25 bucks. The exchange rate was absorbent. They brought the spirit of the world in, in the basis and phallus form, and that's greed to the holy place of God. It was a sin to use the temple courtyard for even a shortcut to Mount Olive. He said, don't pass through here with no vessels. And folks, I want to tell you something. The bottom line is this. The temple became a place of convenience. I'll come when I feel like it. I'll come when I don't have a family get-together. I'll come when the little league team is, is not playing. When it rains them out, I'll be here on Sunday night, preacher. I'll, I'll come if, if we don't have family reunion. I haven't been in a family reunion in so many years that my family disowns me. Amen. They don't even know I exist. But I can't miss church. Hallelujah. Amen. I ain't missing church for an Easter egg hunt either. Woo, we're treading up. Boy, I just, I, just, I just chased that rabbit, but it needed it. <laughs> I'm not against everything, brother, but I'll tell you what this. I'm against anything that comes before the house of God. Hey, you got plenty of time on Monday night, Saturday night, Saturday morning. Come on now. You can schedule stuff. Come on, let's, let's hear it now. Folks, listen, we have lost the respect of the house of God. I'm not saying we can't have cells in the church. Just don't let that be the priority, priority around here. I'm not saying these people can't sell their little tapes in the hallway. I don't like it down here at the altar. We've ceased to reverence God's the problem in our hearts. They simply did not love Him and adore Him and respect Him. So He shows up, He looks around on Sunday. But it's getting late, so He says, I'll come back tomorrow. Aren't you glad God comes back tomorrow and straightens things out in your life? You might not respond to this invitation, but maybe Monday God will get your attention while you're driving down the road in your nice truck or car or scooter. Or walking. <laughs> you ought to thank God for that. Say amen. Look down at your tennis shoes and praise God for them. You got both feet. Come on. Right. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. 
what began to be a service, money changing for the tax, approved, certified, pre-certified doves and lambs, what turned out, what began as a good service, turned into a business. I believe the day the modern church has tried to become a business. I'm the pastor, I'm not the CEO of Whitfield Baptist Church. Amen. Thank God I believe, what I, I got a business degree. Y'all wouldn't believe that, but I do. But I'll tell you something, friend, this ain't just a business, this is God's church. Amen. This is a ministry. Talked to the teachers this morning after Brother Jason taught them the lesson that, you know, listen, don't let this become a job, let it be a ministry. Amen. A job is you do something because nobody else will do it. But a ministry is you want to do it because you're change, God's changing lives through your life. Amen. Ministry, folks, is different than a class. That's right. A class you show up on Sunday with your little courtly, like I used to do when I was a Southern Baptist many moons ago. But I'll tell you what a, a real teacher is. He goes to the homes and visits the parents right. and the wife and the husband. Yesterday I sent a couple over to See, Miss Amber, she is paralyzed with grief. She can't get out of the house. She's heartbroken over Mama, leaving her, dying. You ever been there, done that? Yes. Well, I'm going to tell you something, friend. A good classmate, a good teacher goes knocks on that door and says, let me pray with you. You've already cooked for, them, cooked for her, ladies. Thank you. You've already sent an offering for the gas to get to the funeral and back. Thank you. But I want to tell you what's needed. Ministry. Yes. You're not going to get it on the air. I thank God for our media program, but I'm going to tell you something, friend. You don't get touched while you're watching it at home. It's good. Brother Gary will say amen to that. Others that's been out for a few weeks sick. But I want to tell you something, friend. There's nothing like the presence of God and people loving God and worshiping God for the right purpose. Amen. And that's His glory. Amen. Oh, folks, there's a lot of self-indulgence today in the temple. What can you do for me, preacher? I have it every day. Not every day, but every, every once in a while, people call me up and say, what programs do you have for me? Yeah. I said, I don't know, but what ministry do you all have to offer us? No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I feel like it. A lot of things I think I don't say. Aren't y'all glad? Amen. Amen. Folks, we're not looking for another program. We have programs. We have youth. You'll have a great youth preacher tonight. Have good uh, graduation recognition. We'll have a, a nice, uh, what do you call it, reception afterwards. I call it eating. And we'll just eat afterwards. That's great. But that's not what church is all about. Church is about praying for these three to glorify God in their life. Use their life for God's glory. Amen. So what began a service became a, a, a business. What was ugly and greedy spirit that stirred our Lord? It was an ugly and greedy spirit that stirred our Lord to indignation. They brought the spirit of the world into the holy place. Whoo! And so I want you to know this, friend. There was a dispute. And the Lord brought it to pass. He brought it up. He shoved it out. Amen. He cleaned house. I'm glad that my Lord can clean my house. 
He can clean my plow if I had one. Amen. I'm glad he can clean my house. Glad he can clean my mind up. I'm glad he can convict me of sin, righteousness, and selfishness. I need it. How about you? I just need it. And so, folks, I want to ask you a few questions. Why are churches looking for a new form of worship? Why does churches have to have the world's music in their, in their temples? Why are churches embracing new fleshly styles of worship? I think Amazing Grace is a pretty good song. Amen. It's not the standard of the age. It's, is it biblically accurate? That counts. It's not if it'll draw a lot of people. It's if, will it draw God's approval on this, on this, on this service? Why are churches abandoning the Bible preaching for a discussion? And you talk about risking the Scriptures that we studied in Sunday school. The greatest risking of the Scripture is changing the King James Bible and going to these perversions that take the virgin birth out, take the blood out of the Bible. Come on, I'm old-fashioned enough to say King James Bible. That's what Brother Jeremy's preaching on this week over at New Life. Y'all, I'm certain about that going over there. Just had a membership request, and on the bottom of the request, it had NIV verse. I said, what in the world they joined that church for? It broke my heart. I wept over it. Somebody raised in this church knows better than going over to a church that preaches the NIV. Breaks my heart. Because that ain't the Bible. Risk the Scripture. Twist the Scriptures. By the way, that's about money, too. That's the bottom line of all these perversions. Versions. He said, Preacher, can't you be a little nicer? I will be tonight. I'm going to sit on the front row and amen, Brother Jason. Amen. Why are people abandoning doctrine in favor of self-help therapeutic talks? Cliff O'Dollar, self-proclaimed God, Joel Osteen, your best life now. Well, your best life is not now unless you're born again. Say amen. Why do we profess, why does professing Christians refuse to pray and read their Bible? Why will church meals be attended with great numbers and the prayer meeting deserted? Why do some people claim to, to be saved seem to have such a hard time living for the Lord? There's something wrong. Why does people have a mindset that the church exists simply for their convenience, simply to meet their needs. Let me just say this, a lot of churches, and I hope it never happens here, the congregation becomes sovereign. Whatever you want to hear, the preacher preaches. I heard a preacher the other day took a survey, what messages would you like me to hear? Can you imagine Moses saying, now what commandments would y'all like to have before I go up and meet the Lord? I just want to make sure y'all like them. This is buffet Christianity, amen? Pick what you want. It's not ten suggestions, it's ten commandments. And He loves you enough to give them to you. Amen. Folks, the bottom line is He loves you to have boundaries of protection. There is you better never accuse your mom and daddy when they say no, not loving you. They just love you enough to keep you in some boundaries. Amen. amen. Why are Sunday evening and Wednesday evenings not as important as Sunday morning? Why do church members feel they can 
treat the church like they do any other organization. They tithe when they can afford it. They come when they feel like it. They refuse to participate in outreach ministries of the church. They sit back and let others do all the work. Why? Why does people uh, come in 15 minutes late for the services? When it starts at 11 o'clock, it starts at 11 o'clock. I told Brother Randy, I said, you start at 11 o'clock whether I'm here or not. And he does. It's embarrassing. But praise God, usually I'm back there with Brother Long-Winded Larry Reimer praying. Amen. And that's great. I'd rather be back there praying than gossiping. Say amen. <laughs> Have a little prayer meeting with the preacher. Amen. I need it. We do it every Sunday. Why do members, church members believe that their business is more important than God's business? See, folks, the problem was the Jews treated the things of God like they did because they held a small view of God. I'm afraid that many people have a small view of God. That's why He comes in second. He comes in third. He comes in fourth. And sometimes He don't come in at all. The Bible says, Well, to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul and all thy mind. That's pretty explicit, isn't it? We just ought to love God. Nothing in your life or mind should come before God. That's what this passage is about. Money became before God. My business became before God. When God is first in your life, it will show. And when God is not first in your life, it will show too. What does your life show about what place God has in your life? And then last but not least, there was not only a dispute in the temple. And folks, not only was there a dispute, but there was a decision. A decision. You made a decision to be here this morning. I appreciate that. You didn't have to be here. We can't make you come. You're volunteers when we do anything around here. When the Jewish leaders heard about what Jesus did, they made a decision. We're going to put him to death. He's hitting our pocketbook. You want to kill a Baptist, shoot him in the pocketbook. <laughs> shoot him in the wallet. <laughs> woo Preach on tithe and see how many people smile. Hallelujah. But by this time Friday, it's Monday now, the Lord's going to give His life's blood for them. Be buried, and the next Sunday, up from the grave, He's going to rise and conquer death, hell, and the grave forever. We're money changing in the temple? No doubt many of these people were sincere about their worship. But they were being fleeced by the leadership because they wanted a cut of the taxes. They wanted every dove that was sold for $25 when it should have been sold for a dollar to pad their little pocketbook. So the interesting thing, Jesus shows up and says, Hey, I said I was king yesterday. I'm going to prove it today. I'm Lord. I'm Lord. And I'm offended. And I'm going to judge you. He just told the fig tree, gave that illustration about what just happened in the temple. He said, all leaves, no fruit. You're dead. Because they were all leaf and no fruit. 
They were destined for judgment. And let me say this, friend, history proves it. Forty years later from this date, the Roman general named Titus wiped them out and destroyed that place. Judgment came to the temple because they perverted the things of God. The lesson is very clear, folks. Let me close. I'll get some of y'all said, boy, I wish I'd have skipped this message. But we all need it. Amen. And I preach it in love. Verse 17, look at it very closely. And he taught, saying unto them, Is it not written? I like the Lord's authority, don't you? Amen. He goes back and starts quoting scripture about the temple. About you're going to make, he, he said, the prophets already said you're going to be a a den of thieves. And he starts saying, isn't it written? Is it not written? And then I like this next word. My. My. My house. My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer. Amen. And folks, I want you to tell you what he was saying. He's saying, I want to exercise some royal authority here. You're out. They didn't want to leave, so he threw them out. <laughs> he turned the tables upside down. He probably pulled out his little whip and whipped some of them. I don't know. I, I wasn't there. I don't know. I can't add to the Word of God. By driving these traffickers, these helter-skelters out of the sacred court, Jesus proclaimed himself as a long-awaited king, Messiah for the Jews. They'd been expecting it. They should have known he was going to show up. But they wanted a political leader where that would have all been fine. It'd been politically correct. It was at the day of prayer and a politician said too much and she had to get back up and be politically correct. I thought to my word, this is a prayer meeting. This ain't a political platform. And I know she meant well. Praise God. I was glad she's there. She gave a nice pro proclamation. The mayor did too, but I appreciate Brother Blaine praying and Brother Stephen Baker praying and not bootleg preaching. It was wonderful. But all the witness, the incident, knew exactly what it meant. The Lord was laying claim to His Messiahship. He said, it is written, My house, <laughs> My house will be a place of prayer, not money changing and not merchandising, Folks, the Lord was laying claim of His Messiahship and He made it pretty clear. Let me just say this. God's people will be blessed or God's people can be judged. Weakness, corruption, worldliness in the church will be judged. It'll be judged by a lost and dying world saying, I can get that in the world. I can get that music in the world. I can get that kind of talk in the world. I can get that kind of self-help in the world. Folks, there's one thing they can't get in the world, and that's Jesus. Amen. Calvary preaching with authority. God asks people to worship in spirit and in truth. And when that comes together, it's worship. While our hearts are far away from God in the business of this hour, in the business of our life, folks, it's money changing in the temple. It's being diverted by selfish endeavors. 
Folks, it's even pride. How dare those priests think that it was okay for the place of the Gentiles to have a party and be merchandising when they wouldn't do that in the holy place? So the Lord was saying, hey, listen, these Gentiles just more as poor as I am. When they come in here, they need to sense the presence of God. Hey, friend, these little bus children, uh, these lost people, these ex-prisoners that come to our church, they have just as much right to come into the house of God and worship the Lord as you do. Say amen. Come on. This classism in the church has to stop. It ain't for just the high and mighty and the in and out and the in and and the, uh, the, the sacred three or four folks, God says open the doors of the Gentile courts and let them all come in. And it ought to be a place for all nations, all people, all classes, all, all levels of income. We got to get that stuff out of the church. God's house is where we ought to worship the Lord. And folks, the problem is the heart. The heart. A doubtful church, a divided church, a worldly materialistic church is powerless. Powerless. And a cleansing and a purification of the church is our greatest need. Amen. Say amen. amen. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, amen. folks, and get right with God, cleanse their ways, seek his face. Then will he heal. Then will he hear our prayers. God, help us to love God faithfully, to love him fully, and to love him fruitfully. Because I'm going to say this God could write Ichabod on these doors if we let the world creep in. We lose our first love. Why are you here this morning? I know it's not to get business connections. And I hope it's not out of religious duty. Oh, yeah, the preacher will call me up Monday. Where are you? <laughs> or that, worse yet, they might come on Saturday and knock on my door. I've got to come. Oh, what we need to do is, Brother Randy saying, we need to never lose the wonder of it all. And all of His grace. If it wasn't for the grace of God, you might be in hell today. If it wasn't for the grace of God, you might be. All you have is business. All you have is money. And money can't buy the things that we have. Peace, joy, love, purpose. So what's the solution? Revelation 2. The church that left his first love. Verse 5. He said... You know, I got somewhat against you. You're fundamental. You're separated. You, you, uh, you say you tried them which say they're apostles and are and not found. Found them liars. As born has patience. Thy namesakes is labor. They were a working church. Praise God. We're gonna work till Jesus comes. Has not fainted. That's good. But then he said in verse 4 of Revelation 2, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Folks, those money changers left their first love. Those rate of exchangers, they left their first love. 
those people crowding the place where the Gentiles should come and worship and was there for themselves, left their first love. And then here's the only, here's the only hope we have. Remember. Therefore, from whence thou art fallen. I think we ought to worship every Sunday like last Sunday we got saved. Amen. Remember when you got saved? I hope you came back that night. <laughs> I got saved, but the NFL's there. Praise God, I'm going to stay home. My lazy boy's calling me. I'm going to recline, amen. The other day the power went out and I couldn't recline. It's the end of the world. You have that little button on those side, you know. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. We've got over it. If we enter into the, His temple, His sanctuary, His sanctified place, without a heart of gratefulness. Saved. 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 I'll give you another one. Up and walking, up and walking, up and talking. And I'm able to preach this morning. Amen, Brother Gary. He'd give anything to be in his pulpit this morning. He'd give anything to be in his Bible class this morning. He'd give anything to put, and set up that little market in the driveway and set up his little Awana booth and hand out tracks all day yesterday instead of lying there with 1,700 tubes in him. But we take it for granted. We might not be coming back tonight because of sinuses. God help us. Bring a box of Kleenex and come on, say amen. We might just come down with a headache. And I know headaches can be bad, especially some of y'all's heads and some of my heads. Praise God, take two Tylenol and try to make it. Be as diligent about you showing up for the work tomorrow as you do tonight. Say amen. amen. Remember, you didn't save yourself. You never can save yourself. And you can't even sanctify yourself. And He has blessed you to be a blessing. And all the nations ought to know that you're coming to the prayer meeting. All the nations ought to know that you got access to God. All the nations should know that it's a place of prayer and not a place of merchandise. It's a place of lifting His image, not your image or my image. This ain't about Wayne. I ain't your local celebrity. I'm your servant. I ain't trying to press nobody except Him. I don't want to depress anybody, but I don't want to, I'm not here to impress. Then it says, and repent. When you heard a good message on repentance lately? Mm. Repent means turn. And folks, you won't know how to turn unless you have some preaching against sin. Say amen. And selfishness and vainglory and wrong reasons to come to church. Come on. And then it says, and do the first works. Amen. You know, some people say they repent and they never show up to church. They ain't repented. Oh, yeah, I got right with God. They ain't showed up in 10 years. What are you talking about? Folks, if you got right with God, you're going to be in the right place for God. Say amen. I know church ain't everything, but I want to tell you something. It's something. It's a place where we meet together. And I will say this, and I said it to the dear lady this morning herself to death. It's good to cry with other people. Because I don't know what I'd do without the church. Went knocking on doors. Some of your mamas, I tried to get to the door yesterday. And I wanted to tell them, 
I know your heart's broken. I know you think it's the end of the world, but there's help at the house of God. Because somebody will cry with you. Somebody will love you. Somebody that's been there will understand what you're going through. Don't let the devil isolate you. But I didn't get to say that. But I tried. Folks, there was a problem here and it wasn't the money changers. It was religious people that forgot it was His house and forgot that it was His word. And were there for themselves, not for their Savior. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the message. I'll never look at this passage again like I've looked at it over the years. You taught me some things. You convicted me of some things. Lord, I want to be more grateful to be the pastor of this church for 41 years. 41 minutes preaching this morning or whatever. I want to have some more passion to my soul winning, more passion to my prayer meeting with you. Because Lord, God forbid, God forbid that we go through the motions of worship. And we come with a heart full of cares and sorrows and things and family problems and financial problems and we failed to worship you. Lord, I thank you for these that's come. And Lord, what I love about your book so much is that God, we can just read it and we can preach it line upon line and you speak to our hearts. 